there is this tendency to diminish the importance of employees as an afterthought. And I think what we're learning now is that employees are the lifeblood of the company. And even when customers are walking away, it's the employees that are going to help to rebuild and strengthen and, and give the company some resilience going forward. And we have to believe that we will get past COVID, but what are the important takeaways that your employees will have? Will this have been an experience that taught me that management cares about me and so I need to care a little bit more about my job and I need to care a little bit more about the brand and I need to ensure that I represent the brand because when I needed the brand, the brand was there for me. Because there is going to be a gold rush when all of this is over. You know? And there are going to be companies out there seeking to claw back market share or to take market share. And we need to start to prepare for this. And one of the most important ways, I think, is to engage and reprioritize the importance of employees as marketing agents for the company. Today, we're going to be having another interesting conversation. As I said, we have an international contingent of guests. So today, I have one of my fellow Jamaican countrymen on the episode with me. And he is Major Basil Jarrett. And he's also the CEO of Artemis Consulting. And later on in the episode, he's going to tell you a little bit about what Artemis does. But what I know Major Jarrett to be is an awesome crisis communication specialist. And that's the reason why he's going to be on this podcast, because the reason why the internal marketing podcast exists, of course, is to drive a conversation about how brands, companies can engage and empower their employees to become advocates of the brand, right? The company brand. But the reality is, Let's just keep it real. COVID-19 is still a thing. We're going through a major international pandemic, a crisis of no of a proportion. I guess none of us thought we would ever see in our lifetime. And not only is it a health crisis, obviously, but it has had a significant economic and financial impact on virtually every national economy across the world. And so when we talk about internal marketing, we're talking about how are we engaging people? The reality is, is that the context in which people live, and right now they're living in a crisis, has to be taken into account. And so today's conversation is really just to dig into how do we engage our employees in a way that's still effective from a communication standpoint, bearing in mind that we're still operating within a crisis. Because again, context is important. And I thought that you, Major Jarrett, would have been a great person to have that conversation with. Because apart from the fact that you are a crisis communication specialist, among other things, you are a member of the Jamaica Defense Force, which is Jamaica's army, essentially, for for those of our listeners on the international front who don't know what the JDF is. And you would have been part of the national crisis communications team that really would have been on the front lines of communicating nationally to Jamaicans here and abroad, people who have interest in Jamaica about how we are managing this pandemic. So thank you so much for joining me here today. Thanks for having me, Gary. Okay, great. So the first question is, so of course, COVID-19, international pandemic, Mm -hmm. and given your role on the front lines of crisis communication with the pandemic here in Jamaica, but you are a world citizen and you've been in contact with colleagues, I'm sure, all over the world. I know you would have been doing a lot of listening 
on the ground in terms of what's been going on, uh, how people have been generally feeling and dealing with not only the health impact of the pandemic, but the economic and financial impact of it. So kind of taking off your JDF hat and yes. putting on your communications hat more so, or mm -hmm. certainly speaking to companies who are in the private sector, who are struggling. I mean, there are some companies that have perhaps thrived in the pandemic because their line of business totally filled a need that was relevant to what was going on. And perhaps for the vast proportion of companies that exist currently, they are struggling at best. Yes. Uh, and mm -hmm. while things are normalizing to a certain extent, there are some countries that have just gone back into lockdown. And again, as organizations with employees who are themselves feeling this extension of the struggle from the company end, threat of loss of jobs. And really what I'm driving at is that companies have to be, I think, more empathetic mm -hmm. to what employees are going through before you even start an engagement conversation about promoting the brand. And as a communications person, what do you believe companies should be saying to their employees right now as everybody's going through this crisis and just trying to remain focused and companies needing to be more empathetic? What should they be right. saying? Perry, I think the companies that are going to survive and thrive and possibly be even stronger after COVID are those that engage their employees. COVID happens. We're losing income, we're losing profit, revenues are down. The knee-jerk reaction might be to cut staff. But even if you have to cut staff, how is it done? Is there a certain level of engagement that happens where you give persons the option to say, well, if there was somebody who was looking to retire, perhaps that person would retire early. Is there someone who was looking to transition out anyway? In other words, to, to just take a cutlass and just start chopping left, right, and center, it sort of sends a message that you're not only insensitive to the realities of what's happening, but there's also a level of devaluing or undervaluing of the employees. And we must be optimistic and believe that COVID is going to go away one day. And when that happens, those employees who leave and even those who stay become disciples. And they will always remember how they were treated. So to me, the companies that will survive and be progressive are the ones who have that engagement. Instead of cutting staff, can we cut hours? Can we furlough? Can we adjust our timings? Can we can we come up with flexible working situations that allow everyone to get a small piece of the diminishing pie as opposed to getting rid of a certain section in order to keep others at the same level? So that, I believe, is important in not only helping to rationalize the company going forward, but also to let employees know that we are a part of this family and your well-being actually matters to us. Because years from now, when we're talking, where were you? What happened to you during COVID? Oh, I was laid off, and all that happened was I got an email to pack my things and go, as opposed to the, the, the management sat with us, they took our feedback, they took our recommendations, and so whatever decisions that came, it was a group, it was a collective decision, and I think that will help to soften the blow a little bit uh, in the end. So engagement with the employees is absolutely key. The other thing to why, why engagement is so important is that management doesn't have all the answers, and sometimes... There might be someone sitting in a little corner doing his work who may have a gem of an idea that can actually not only reinvent the company, but can also help it to navigate its way out of this crisis. So constant engagement, I believe, is a key.
So you spoke about the end game in the sense that everybody's looking forward to COVID disappearing, not good. And it's clear about which companies, based on how, how they engage and how they empathize with, with their employees, the the prospect of those employees, I love that word that you use, will turn into your disciples because they would have remembered the level of empathy and engagement that you continue to do with them even throughout. I've heard awesome stories of even companies who would have laid off employees and were still in touch with those employees who were laid off. It's amazing. And I was wondering if we could probably take a flip to that and come forward a little bit because we don't know when COVID is going to end, right? And uh, for those companies that are still struggling, just trying to hit targets, there is a need to engage employees in the revenue generating process now. So even while we're going through this crisis, even while we're going through COVID fatigue and we want things to be back to normal and when will that be? And it's like, okay, yeah, well, but we still got bills to pay today, you know? Do you think there's still room for a conversation like that right now and engaging employees, again, using the tenets of internal marketing where you're engaging employees and you're empowering them to be advocates of the brand to go out there and promote the brand because we need to be selling, we need to be generating demand. Do you think there's room for anything like that right now? And if so, how? Absolutely. It goes both ways, you know. At the same time, when the employee expects that management is looking after them or that management cares about them, the employee needs to realize and recognize that he or she is a part of the profit-generating solution as well. So perhaps you want to put in a couple extra hours. Everyone wants to do what they can to help to improve the, the, the lean machine, help to make the company much more efficient. Once employees understand that, and the job moves from just being a nine to five pay the bills, it now becomes absolutely critical that I have to justify my position here and I have to do more and go above and beyond in order to keep the company afloat. So going out and speaking on behalf of the company and, and selling the company and promoting the brand. Everyone has a role in that, if that's how we're going to turn the ship around. But again, the average person who is busy trying to figure out, how am I going to pay the bills? How are my kids going to be in school? They may not be thinking of the company in the forefront of their mind. So sometimes you need to have that level of engagement with your employees for them to understand that role because sometimes you may find that employees they get stuck in the malaise of i go to work four o'clock i get back at five my work is done i'll see you in the morning no you're gonna have to put in a few extra hours and you're gonna have to be a greater disciple to help us turn the machine around and that sounds very good, I guess, from a textbook perspective, because, yeah, you, you mm -hmm. have to remain engaged, guys. You know, mm -hmm. lights are still on. We want to keep them on. Everybody has to put their shoulder to the wheel to make that happen. But I guess mm -hmm. the next question is, what does that look like? How do companies do that? Because while I think everybody agrees that that's how it should be, could you share with us mm -hmm. practically how companies can execute on that kind of communication? What kind of communication activities could be done to engender that sort of brand advocacy type behavior in employees, even in the context of what's going on. It starts with a very frank discussion. Perhaps there may have been things that management may not have discussed with staff prior. We're going to have to, if we're going to have an open, frank understanding, then perhaps we're going to have to break down some of those walls and have that discussion. In the JDF, in the case of the JDF, for instance, we had to take a very hard decision that we're going to quarantine our bases to protect people. Now, when you consider what's going on at home, I know you're telling people that they won't be able to go home for some time. And so 
senior officers had to engage with the troops at all levels. This is not a perfect situation. Initially, there was some amount of resistance, and you can imagine, but once people got the message, they started to, well, okay, I may not have luxuries as I would if I was at home, but I'm going to make the best of it. So from a company-wide perspective, it's going to be very important for management to start to have that those uncomfortable conversations. We're going to have to talk about salaries. We're going to have to talk about spending. We're going to have to be very honest and open with each other when we discuss just the state of the company from an employee perspective. What can we lose? What can we not lose? And if we're going to have to cut certain benefits, why we're doing that? Not pleasant because you're asking people to sacrifice. But once you have that engagement, it's open and it's frank and it's in the best interest of all, I think it'll be easier to get that buy-in and that support from the employees and staff. I, and I totally agree. I think it certainly starts off with a frank conversation. One thing that came to mind for me when you're speaking is this thing called, well, it's the kind of the flip of customer insights. There's employee insights, which mm. is essentially research, you know, doing research into kind of tapping into what's happening, where the pulse of employees are concerned. Is that something that you recommend companies do and, and how do they go about doing that? Oh, absolutely. You'd be surprised at what you can learn when you start to engage persons who are out there, in our case, literally on the front lines. Sometimes I think management has a tendency to sometimes think that they have all the answers, but they, they may very well have the answers, but there's some subtle tweaks that can make all the difference between a successful operation and one that doesn't work. And it's that man on the ground, the boots on the ground, they are an important note. When your employees can tell you what your customers are saying, as they're doing business, they may say little things to them and an employee might say, this is the third time I've heard this all week. Perhaps I should say this to someone and someone should be tracking that. So at some point we can say, hey, there's a trend here. This isn't working. Perhaps we can do this. And it makes the organization more agile and more responsive. Absolutely. Having that regular insight with your employees to tell you exactly what's on the ground, because sometimes the numbers don't tell a complete story. Yeah. And I, I hear a debate sometimes that takes place about who should be driving that sort of a research. So a lot of people say, well, it's, it's employees, so it should be HR. And then, <laughs> and then some people say internal uh, communications. I actually subscribe mm-hmm. to a recommendation that I read a few months back that if marketing is really about driving employee advocacy and re- recognizing, again, the context that employees are operating within, then perhaps marketing should be the one to drive employee insight activity. Because if they are the advocates that we want to send out, as it were, send them out on the road, so to speak, mm-hmm. to advocate mm-hmm. on behalf half of the brand and we really want to be empathetic and ensure that we're taking into consideration everything that's contextually relevant to them before Mm -hmm. we send them on these assignments so to speak there should be marketing Mm -hmm. do you recommend an owner who should be sort of driving Mm -hmm. those kind of insights and that feedback loop with employees so that we're always relevant in how we're engaging them internally well i would say that What's more important than who owns it, it's who's involved in it. Mm. You know, this thing where, well, marketing said they were going to do it and everyone is pointing the finger at someone else and it never gets done. I think what's more important is that it's a collective effort. When you start to 
bring in everyone who's a node, a contact point of information, then it's, it allows you to distill the information better. Just because customers and clients are saying something, you have to put it in context. What are they saying? And is there something else that's driving this, that's causing the problem that we need to fix in order to repair that damage? So my recommendation is always that the, the teams that are assigned to do this type of thing is multifunctional and, and, and it cuts across different departments because you may be sitting down over here not realizing how your actions are having an impact somewhere else. It's the team effort and pulling all those contact points to say, I hear you, but so what? You know, yes, this, so what? At the end of the day, you come up with a much more richer engagement and a better product. So whether you want to leave it with marketing or you want to leave it with HR, what is important is that it's a collective effort and all the contact points are involved. Um, but I do see the perspective and I see, I do appreciate why marketing would be the immediate fall guy because everything the company does is marketing. If you take it from the perspective that it's not just the products, it's not just the service we're delivering, it's, it's when a customer interacts with this company, do they feel a sense of satisfaction? Do they come away with, you know what, I like this product, but I don't like this guy who I have to deal with. So rather than who owns it, it's who's involved in it. I think there's actually much more value um, in that approach. Marketing should definitely play a, a driving role or a co-piloting role in how we're engaging employees and generating insights to keep them engaged and enabled and empowered, as I like to say, to be brand advocates for the company. I agree with you that I think it's something that everyone should more or less own and be a part of. So right. it may not be the best thing to have one center of excellence, but have mm -hmm. a slew of different functional areas, including HR and marketing and internal comms ever, and the CEO's office coming mm -hmm. from the top, mm -hmm. creating that or building that level of importance and focus around doing that. So we're about a year into the pandemic and uh, I think companies would have learned some lessons along the way in terms of how they've been engaging their employees. Again, based on your listening and, and being a part of various conversations with various sectors and entities, what do you think are the two biggest lessons that companies have learned about how they are to engage their employees? Because I think probably before now, there may be a bit of taking it for granted, you know, but now companies have had to rethink and work over time with respect to how it has seen and engaged employees. What do you think would be the two biggest lessons they would have taken? Because I think that's a great learning point for other yes, companies yeah, as yes. well. Well, I hope this isn't a lesson that they're just learning. I mean, for me, it reinforces something that, well, it's an approach I've always taken um, when dealing with crisis management and crisis communication is that uh, it's a, it, it, it may sound a bit cliche, but it's so true that there is opportunity in every single crisis. Before COVID, who would have thought that a meeting could be productive and useful and value added without having 12 people bundled up in a stuffy room where there's something I want to say, but because the boss is here, I may not say it. Or maybe I'm not so confident speaking my opinions. I may not say it, I may keep it to myself, but now I'm protected by my computer screen where I can say what I want and if someone doesn't like it, I can just mute him. <laughs> I think COVID <laughs> has taught us that we don't necessarily, we don't necessarily need to be, you don't need to, that management doesn't need to look out on the plantation and see everyone working away for it to be productive. 
thanks to the technology that's there and thanks to how we've adapted our thinking, we're beginning to challenge conventional wisdom. Did we miss an opportunity by, by not thinking widely enough in our responses? Because I know certainly companies have had to, they've just been forced to survive in this era by reassessing how they do business, these teleworking, these telemeetings, telecommuting. Can we retain some of this when COVID goes? Because mm -hmm. I can tell you, I may be sitting here and we're having this wonderful conversation, but my right hand could be sending a message. My left hand could be doing something else. I could be engaging a million and one different things at the same time. If I'm in a meeting, if I'm not required to participate at this particular juncture, I could be doing something else. So. The jury is still out. Are we more productive or less productive when you're working from home? I'll leave that mm -hmm. up to the, the, the experts to tell us. But certainly there's an opportunity there that we ought not to miss even after COVID. I would hate for us to pay such a high cost mm. and not take away um, something valuable in the end. So that to me is the first lesson that I would hope that would be reinforced coming out of COVID, that there is opportunity in every crisis, not just to reinvent the company, Mm -hmm. in terms of the products and services, but also to reinvent the company in, in how it sets up its operations and how it's organized and how it goes about, it goes about its business. Mm -hmm. The other thing I'm hoping that companies will take away from this as it relates directly to employee engagement is that, and I'm guilty of this too, whenever I'm writing a communications plan or a, or a marketing plan and I'm doing the audience analysis, employees are always at the bottom. It's like, oh, Yes, we need to remember those guys. There is this tendency to diminish the importance of employees as an afterthought. And I think what we're learning now is that employees are the lifeblood of the company. And even when customers are walking away, it's the employees that are going to help to rebuild and strengthen and, and give the company some resilience going forward. So I would love to see coming out of COVID and the importance of employees in the communications discussion being raised to a much higher level than where it is now. We will, and we have to believe that we will get past COVID, but what are the important takeaways that your employees will have? Will this have been an experience that taught me that management cares about me, and so I need to care a little bit more about my job, and I need to care a little more about the brand, and I need to ensure that I represent the brand, because when I needed the brand, the brand was there for me, as opposed to you know, these guys just sent me a letter and tell me to pack my things and go. Um, you know, you've lost that disciple that you're going to need because there is going to be a gold rush when all of this is over. You know? And there are going to be companies out there seeking to claw back market share or to take market share from someone who may have fallen asleep during COVID. And we need to start to prepare for this. And one of the most important ways, I think, is to engage and reprioritize the importance of employees as marketing agents for the company, which... It's essentially what, what, what you're doing just with this podcast. I really appreciate the purpose, and I'm hoping that coming out of this, it will have that impact where employees are no longer considered second-tier key constituents. So if there's anything we can get from this is opportunity in every crisis and to engage with employees and raise the importance of employees and being disciples for the company later on. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I keep coming across a research all the time about how far reaching marketing messages are when sent from the modes of employees, mm -hmm. as opposed to coming mm -hmm. from the official company brand account. And mm -hmm. uh, especially in a time when marketing budgets are constrained, 
<laughs> feeling that mm-hmm. right now in my own day job. Mm-hmm. Budgets are constrained. Everybody's trying to tighten the purse strings, but there's a need for the brand to be out there and relevant and generating demand. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what better way than with your own employees at a fraction of the cost, certainly not as expensive as paid marketing, but being part of, as you say, the, the evangelists, the disciples, the advocates that are putting the brand out there with a much farther reach and better Mm -hmm. outcome for Mm -hmm. sure. Thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. The penultimate question I ask in every episode is based on everything you would have shared, what would be the key takeaway or key nugget that you Mm -hmm. would want our listeners to come away with today? Well, I, I, I know I'm going to sound like a scratch record. I say it everywhere I go opportunity there is opportunity in this what is the opportunity that has presented itself to us in terms of how we engage with our employees and what are we getting out of it and how can we leverage this for our use in the future do we need to go back to 2019 or can we take a different approach that actually creates a lean a more effective fighting machine um, in corporate terms of course as we head into the post-covid gold rush yeah Yeah. And I think more companies will definitely log on to that thinking because I don't see after being through what we've been through with COVID and Mm -hmm. what I think it has already begun to impact as far as our thinking and how we view life and each other. I, I see nothing but companies being able to easily make the connection between, well, this, this is something that we just have to start doing more mm-hmm. of. This is something we really need to be digging into. And I, I appreciate mm-hmm. that point. Of course, first of all, I want to thank you so much for your time and your expertise for coming on and being so generous with sharing them with us today. And my common last question to all my awesome guests is... How can we, those of us listening, the internal marketing tribe, as I like to call it, how do we support you? So Artemis Consulting is a brand new company that I created. The company is really designed to help companies to improve their crisis communications by going what I like to call further up the river. In other words, instead of trying to fix a problem, when it becomes a problem, I incorporate business processes improvement into my communications plans in order to keep companies more resilient and more uh, resistant to crises in the first place. Um, For me, the mark of a successful crisis communications plan is when there's no crisis to respond to. So with that hindsight, we created Artemis Consulting. This is a company that we intend intend to be very busy as companies continue to navigate the COVID environment. And it's something that I think more and more companies will see value in. How can I bulletproof my organization so that I don't end up on the front page of the news um, trying to explain something? And that's why Artemis was created. When you're not in the news managing a crisis, that's how you know when you're at work. Wonderful, (laughs) wonderful. And I, I think that's an awesome specialization. I think, first of all, the timing is awesome because of obviously the times we're living in. But I think generally it's an awesome niche that I'm not sure a lot of uh, companies tend to put a lot of attention into. And, and even if they do, who do they call? You know, so you are on LinkedIn so we can reach out to you. On LinkedIn. Yes, 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 absolutely. OK, great. Thank you so much again. Major, for your time and for your expertise. Really appreciate it. And just uh, wishing you all the best to you and yours. And of course, continue to stay safe. Thanks for having me, Carrie. I really appreciate it. Thank you. 
So join us next time and we'll continue to flip the marketing conversation right here on the Internal Marketing Podcast. The Internal Marketing Podcast is available on your favorite podcasting app.